Welcome to Marketing Mysteries Solved, where we explore the trials and triumphs of marketing for healthcare executives. Wendy O'Donovan Phillips, CEO of Big Buzz, is on the case, interviewing guests through her proprietary process and solving some of the toughest marketing challenges in the industry. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Marketing Mysteries Solved. Today, my guest, Dr. Seth Hall, joins us. He's one of our favorite clients. Uh, Seth graduated from dental school in 2010 before serving as a captain in the U.S. Army and as part of the Dental Corps. An Indiana native, he was excited to return to the Hoosier State and begin the next chapter of his dentistry career owning his own private practice. He opened his practice that is now known for providing the greater Indianapolis area with comprehensive judgment-free dental care. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Excited to uh, talk to you for a little bit. You bet. You bet. So tell me what inspired you to be a dentist. Like how old were you when you knew you wanted to be a dentist? Young, young. Actually, uh, my dad's a dentist. He's my role model, kind of why I followed the field or followed what he was doing. So I think after I blew my knee out in my junior year, I wanted to be a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon for two months. And then after that, I was back to dentistry. So yeah, it's kind of been my lifelong thing. Nice. I totally relate to that. My dad was in communications for 42 years. And so oh, cool. I also am a chip off the old block. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah. So one of the things that I love most about you is you're you're a very outgoing, extroverted person. And I think that translates well onto social media. Uh, you have 1,500 Facebook fans and 159 five-star reviews on that platform. A lot of dentists would love to have those kind of stats. How do you do it? I think it's just how you treat people at the end of the day. I think that's a cliche answer, but people feel the environment whenever you come into the office and it starts whenever you answer the phone, when they walk in the door. I mean, it's a, it's a compilation of it. It's a team effort overall. Uh, it's a testament to the team that you have and the training that you have. And then ultimately what you put up on marketing is huge too. So I think it's just how you treat people. Genuinely, I come in, I don't wear a white coat. I'm just a very, I am my myself outside the office and in the office. And it's an everyday thing. If you have one bad day, that could really mess up your social media. So you've got to kind of put personal things aside and be there for, for the patients and for your team every day. And even in your response, Seth, you have such a, I don't think you ever think of it as like, this is happening in the practice today. And then let us go post about that on social media. Like it's all sort of one fluid thing for you. And I do a lot of lecturing, as you know, and I, and I um, reference a book that's called uh, Social Media as a Cocktail Party. And I ad lib that as social media is like a practice open house. It's, it's no different. It's just happening 24-7 online. And what I really admire about you is that the, the house is always open. Like you, you guys treat, I mean, every day in the practice is, is like an open house where you're celebratory, you're giving your best to every patient, really present for every patient interaction. Talk a little bit about that fluidity. Like how, how does it come so naturally to you? I don't know that it, it comes, I guess it comes, to, it's, it's who you are as a person, but you really have to work at it daily. You have to work with a team. You have to work. And it takes same thing. I, I'm blessed with a really, really, really uh, probably my best team ever right now. And they work at it as well. You know, if there's a if there's a disconnect between your team and the doctor and things like that, whenever everybody has someone else's best interest at heart, the patients are going to feel that. I mean, you, you see a lot of like, I, I love the dental home. It's the environment. It's things like that. 
And you can't fake that. You have to kind of bring people into your culture that are going to be a part of a positive culture. Um, so same thing. It's just kind of not separating Dr. Seth between Seth. I try to be Seth at the office, no matter, it doesn't matter who that is. So I'm not a doctor. I'm just kind of a person that's a dentist and I want to treat people very well. And people appreciate that as opposed to I'm higher than you, which is not the case at all. Yeah, totally. Was your dad the same way in practice? Probably even more laid back than I am. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. He's a lot yeah. More chill. He's, yeah. So um, no, he's he's an amazing man. His patients. I actually have some of his patients that have moved up to Indy, and all they have is great things to say about him. So it's cool. That's, That's cool so to cool. see. It. And it is. Yeah. And just to see, see the work that he did thirty years ago, still withstanding time, is pretty amazing. So yeah, it kind of makes me want to do well. You know, just just for him. You want to make your your parents proud, or just do something that, in a way, carries on their legacy. So yeah, it is such a legacy play, isn't it? Yeah, and I I relate to that. My dad was a very humble business person. Always put his team first. Always, like at one point, they were bought out by a corporation. I remember he got like a, a leased car every three years, and he would get the same make and model because he didn't want the employees to think that he was like, and it was like a Ford, like it was a very humble car. Yeah. Like, cause he was like, I, I want to turn around and give whatever surplus like to the team. And I want for them to be celebrated. Um, I appreciate what you said about like, you know, we're all equal. And I hope that I've carried on that legacy too. Cause I find that when, when we have those sort of values internally with our teams, there's this total ripple effect, right? Like not just out to social media, but out to like how we treat the people that we serve and how we treat the people in our communities. So totally relate to that. Yeah, that's cool. And I think you're doing a great job of what you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're we welcome. Sure enjoy you're it. welcome. <laughs> that's cool. And you and your team are masters at taking really great photos of patients and sharing them with us to post on your behalf. What are your secrets to making that happen with such frequency? I mean, we give great experiences every day. And, and that's just because I hear I have people, uh, as you know, I text every or I call every new patient before they come in. I'll follow up every patient whenever they leave that night. A lot of personal time, but it's definitely worth it and kind of adds that personal touch. And whenever I get texts at night, at least once or twice a day from whenever we see patients, I'll get into a text, hey, that was my best dental experience ever. And so whenever you've given those experiences, the photos come natural. Somebody's having an amazing experience, snap a picture. Whether or not you put it on social media or not, you can send it to that patient. That's a memory they're always going to have. So we don't always put everything up there, but it's just something that, especially for kiddos, when they first come in, if you think about it back in the olden days, they take a picture and put it in a book. Well, now you have your phone, take a picture, send it to the parents. And that's a memory that they're going to have as their first child's experience. And if you're trying to change a generation, as far as not hating the dentist, like my whole goal is to raise a generation that actually likes the dentist. And that's where I always tell parents, Hey, let's have a happy visit, give them a great experience. And then they're going to want to come back. You know, if you could raise a generation that doesn't have cavities everywhere, like previous generations had, you know, unfortunately it's a different world. That would be my, my legacy um, would be really mm -hmm. cool just to kind of raise a generation that loves the dentist and wants to come. And that's one of my, one of my goals, one of my core goals of the practice. Mm -hmm. And again, so admirable how I think a lot of dentists look at it as like the mechanics of social media where, you know, I need to get the model release form on 
files so that I'm in HIPAA compliance before I post anything. I need to, you know, set up a smile cam. Like it becomes sort of one more thing to do in a busy day. And I hope that our listeners will hear how expansive your viewpoint is on this, where it's it certainly isn't one more thing to do. It's 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 a service. It's part of being highest and best service to our patients, to our community. So just very admirable. Yeah, thank you. You and I recently spoke about the fact that you're seeing like 85 to 117 new patients monthly. And I know that's challenging to manage on your own, but it's given way to a larger vision for you. So you're looking to expand your practice. You have a solid plan to build out the walls of the practice and hire more associates, go from you know six to 10 operatories. And it's a terrific way to maintain independent practice and compete with the DSOs. I don't think I've ever heard you like express any like concern over the rise of corporate dentistry. Why is that? I think you can't look externally. You have to look what you're doing internally. You're holding to your values and you're doing right by patients and, you know, right by the area. I don't think corporate can really take over. A lot of it is, um, I mean, they're taking over in certain areas, but it just depends. I don't look at them as competitors, I guess. The only competition we have is with ourselves. I hope everybody in the area does well. You know, I mean, that means more and more people are getting dental care and that's what you want. So um, there's plenty of people out there that aren't going to the dentist. It's just raising knowledge. And if everybody would go, there's plenty of people to be, you know, in every practice. So I don't really think about corporate, honestly. Um, We've just done so well from the start, but it's just, it's been a lot of work throughout the years to get to where we're at. Um, and then once that PR comes out with big buzz and marketing and um, doing things like that, it's just going to continue to grow. We see it every single year. So, yeah, the issue is trying to make sure the seats aren't full all the time. So that's why we're expanding, <laughs> right. and, expanding and growing. So, um, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot. It's not um, not easy, but it's worth it. Um, I, I mean, the bigger you get, the more people you can serve, especially when you're given those best experiences every day. That's um, That's what any business could ask for. Amen to that. Totally. Yeah. And and I think you hit it on the head. When when we surveyed your patients, the thing that they loved most about you and your practice was the experience of the comforts at, of home. And again, you know, I think our listeners are getting that vibe from you. We're like, you know, you just are this sort of, you know, casual, laid back, come as you are, you know, person. And that and that invites your patients and their families to do the same. So you are indelibly putting your thumbprint on the Indianapolis area where it's like, you know, this is, this is the dental practice that we are. This is the dentist that I am come if that makes sense for you. And if you feel like you fit here, but if, if not, my gosh, like go get dental care somewhere else by all means. So I think that a lot of our listeners can relate to that. And then I think that there are some listeners who have that fear of corporate dentistry and, and, you know, might need to really hear again, that message of, but there is a uniqueness to you in your practice that sets you apart and differentiates you in a way that you aren't actually even competing with corporate practices. So I appreciate that. We're going to take a quick 30 second break. Can't wait for answers to some of your biggest marketing challenges. Go to bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast and download a free chapter of your choice of one of Wendy's best-selling books. She has a book just for the senior living industry, one for medical organizations, and another one just for dentists. Most healthcare organizations feel overwhelmed about marketing. Wendy offers the cure. Her concise handbook shines a light on how you can put a method to your marketing for years to come. 
visit bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast to download your free marketing book excerpt now. That's bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast. And now back to the show. All right. So Seth, there was a time in the early days of the practice that you actually ran some direct mail. Share with our listeners your experience, like what worked, what didn't. Yeah. Direct mail worked really well at the start whenever we were um, whenever we were doing that, but we just blanketed the area. I think that there's so many different things to marketing. Um, it doesn't matter about, it may take four or five times for somebody to see your face or see your practice before they'll actually come in. And so we just kind of blanketed that area. We were starting to get really good reviews. And, you know, you don't know where people are coming from. Sometimes they may see a marketing piece online, a marketing piece in the mail, and they're going to tell you one way, but which way actually brought them in. Um, So I think just getting the name out and having people see us. And then who knows if they come in, they came in three years later because they saw us on a carvertizing in Kroger or they saw some ad on Facebook or Google. So I think the biggest thing was it just got us exposure in the area, just all around the practice. So we had good success for it or with it. I'm not doing it as much now, but I mean, I definitely recommend it to supplement things that are going on in your online marketing as well. Especially when you first open, I think, or if like if a practice is in transition is, you know, adding associates or expanding, it's it's a really great way to inject new patients quickly. And then as to your point, and just get brand awareness going that it may pay off tomorrow and may pay off three years from now. Very often in my early conversations with dentists about marketing, they say, Well, I don't pay attention to direct mail. So I don't want to do it. And I, and with a wink and a smile, I say, it doesn't really matter to me what you pay attention to because you're not the target audience. And the fact of the matter is, yes, even in 2021, when it's, you know, we're in a almost exclusively digital world, more digital than it's ever been before, absolutely direct mail still works. So again, we learned on those surveys, you know, that people were paying attention to them and you kept really great records in terms of where are we getting the patient traffic from? which of these marketing tactics, you know, were they really paying attention to? So we could, we had hard data that showed that it worked for a time. And then we do see practices evolve to the point where, okay, we don't need the dependency on that quick injection of new patients. So we can, you know, kind of move away from direct mail and, and continue with injecting more funds into digital marketing. But I think a lot of practices think, we'll just turn on some Google ads and it will work like magic. Cause boy, that, that is sure what they hear in CE in, you know, various association meetings. And it doesn't quite work that way. Marketing needs to be diversified, just like your, you know, financial portfolio, for example. Good analogy. I like that. That's really Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you've also run digital ads on Google and Facebook for years. My question was going to be, how does that compare with direct mail? But how, how did that complement direct mail? Like I said, I mean, I think in marketing, I'm pretty sure if you ever research anything, it's, it's not that first, second, third touch for a lot of people. It could be the fourth, fifth, or sixth that hits them. So whether we know it or not, if you think back to things that you purchased, it's you Googled something, looked it up on Amazon, and then it hits you everywhere you go. Whenever uh, they get you either at your low or high or whatever that's going to be that you're going to buy something, that's whenever you buy it. So as long as you stay in front of an audience, the first time they see you, they may not even think about it. But six months later, if they have a toothache or a toothache, who are they going to go to? The person that's staying in front of their attention. So it's a consistent thing. You can't just turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. 
because you're just guessing when somebody's going to be online or in the mail or whatever. So sometimes you just have to keep a, keep a streamlined thing. And if you want to up that stream up, it. if you want to keep it steady, keep it steady. Um, mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, it depends how many new patients you need or how many patients you, you ultimately want to grow in your direction and whatever you want out of your practice. Yeah. I would definitely just like you said, with financial wise, I mean, you want to diversify what you have um, and you're going to have a greater return off of your initial investment into marketing. Yeah. Slow and steady wins the race. I uh, was interviewing another dental friend recently, another dentist friend, and he said the same thing. He's been with us for 10 years as a client. And and again, like we were saying earlier, like, frankly, it doesn't matter to me who a dentist is using for marketing, you know, but pick someone who's going to take good care of you and stay with them. I see a lot of dentists, you know, do the the marketing hop where it's like, well, I tried online marketing with this provider, that didn't work. So then I tried direct mail with that provider, that didn't work. So then, and it's like, you know, you really can't turn it on and off. You gotta, you know, do your homework and find a really great marketing partner and then stay the course, stay the course. And it's that's how we get off of those ups and downs of new patient traffic. I always kind of dive into certain things at certain times and I dove into marketing couple of years ago with you guys. And so a lot of it is, it's not just up to the marketing company to choose marketing. I mean, you really want to, if it's your office, it's your brand, it's your life, you want to really work as a partner. You know, I've been working as a partner with Big Buzz and we've been refining our marketing. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is you want to make sure you know the market that you're in, you've got to work side by side with whoever you're doing. Just like if somebody comes into the office, they're working side by side with you as their dentist. So you can't just throw things out there. You really need to see what works and then put the gas pedal a little harder on that. That's the biggest thing. You're right. People think, oh, it's not working. Well, I mean, it's a daily thing on the experiences that you give and people talking about you, but also working with that company, whoever that is, I would recommend Big Buzz, but um, doing things. (laughs) Thank you doing things, you know, that they're going to help you out as well. So that's one thing I really learned is you always want to trust who you're working with, but it's not just all on them. It really does matter that you put some input in there as long as things are going up and kind of go in that direction as well. Gosh, so true. So well put. Tell our listeners more about what it means to be a marketing partner. Like what are sort of the day-to-day things that you do to do your part in it? Yeah. I mean, originally I'd want to kind of check what was going well, you know, following up with Big Buzz, having meetings and just making sure that we're targeting the right areas. You guys are in Denver. I'm in Indianapolis. You know, you're not here day by day knowing the businesses around like kind of, kind of that. And um, have I always made the right choices or decisions? No, not at all. You know, a lot of it's trial and error, but it's just helping your marketing team out is doing, giving people those best experiences. You know, if you get a couple of bad reviews and it doesn't matter how much marketing you're going to have, you can pump a million things out there. But if they see you're getting all these one-star reviews, well, your marketing, it may not be your marketing company. It's kind of how you're treating patients. So mm-hmm. it's just that daily in and out that you have to do. And, and then that's where people are going to come. But it is, I mean, a lot of marketing, we get it because we have the best five-star reviews in the area. Now that's been a seven-year process. Hasn't you know? It wasn't, <laughs> right. wasn't year one. A lot of a uh, lot of ups and downs throughout that. But um, a lot. Of, I mean, just like I said earlier, a lot of personal time, calling new patients and following up, and not a lot of people are willing to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's just what I chose in my dental mm-hmm. career, and you know, and what I wanted for the patients that I get to treat. So it's it's doing your best every day, which is going to give the marketing a better chance to succeed. 
Yeah, I love it. And um, I recently had Dr. Brett Kessler on the podcast. Uh, he's a trustee for the American Dental Association and, and of course, a dentist. And he and I were talking about the same thing that, you know, it really comes down to be really good to the people who work for you, be really good to the people who you serve, and then invest in the right areas of marketing, certainly. But like the marketing message will work itself out because you've been good to people. Like <laughs> there is a ripple effect there. So again, there's that fluidity that you have that I, that I really respect. So Seth, you're deeply committed to self-care and I know that you are an avid yogi. Namaste. Uh, Namaste. How does this play into your... I'm also an avid yogi. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, How how does self-care play into your overall success? Um, I I think um, how you treat your body is kind of how you treat your life. You only have one body and it's not just the physical side, it's the mental side as well. I've been through different stages of my physical career. I used to lift a lot and then got into yoga. I just started doing hot works recently, but yoga has been so good. I mean, every time you get on your mat, it I'm pretty athletic and in shape, but it humbles me every time Every time I get on yes. the mat. I mean, and it's really your own practice. I think one of the things, I was just in the IDA journal, and um, one of the things that I said to them was, the biggest thing I've learned from yoga is that it's a competition with yourself. It's not a competition at the person next to you that's doing all these crazy things. You know, it's how your body doesn't just grow in each day. And I, it's kind of taught me a lot for the practice as well. You know, kind of, we talked about corporations and stuff out there. You're trying to do your best for yourself and that's all that matters. The noise and everything else around you isn't what you're, isn't what you're competing against. So it just helped me a lot mentally, you know, at the end of a long day, I love going in, laying on the mat. I do a lot of hot yoga and um, it just wears you out. And then what happens at night? You sleep better. And then what happens in the morning? You wake up and you're ready to go back to work. So there's just a continual effect that has helped. And not yoga's not for everyone, you know, just like lifting's not for everyone, running's not for everyone. It's finding whatever whatever physical activity helps you personally and rolling with that. Cause you're actually going to be better for the people around you, your patients, your team, you know, just your family, just life in general, if you're a happier person, a healthier person, a more in shape person. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I find that the practice of yoga, you know, though, just the reminder for myself that like, it's a practice and everything off the mat is a practice too, where, you know, nobody, my team, the people that we serve, like nobody expects us to be perfect. Right. And so I just keep showing up thinking, you know, if I do my best today and sometimes my best doesn't look great, (laughs) sometimes it looks all a mess and that's okay too, right? Then I can come back on the mat and I can come back to work and I can keep practicing and see what opens up. And then I'll I'll add in here a little aside that we have, uh, we got a pandemic puppy whose name is Ramen Noodle. He's a standard poodle. And um, ramen noodle, and my and you know that I have a daughter Willa who's who's twelve years old, and so she, being a middle schooler, like loves she loves dad jokes, like corny jokes, and so I have this whole series of jokes that I do for her that incorporate ramen's name. So, what does ramen say when he finishes practicing yoga? Ramen's day. (laughs) 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 Oh, Wendy, the mom of the year. I like it there. I like that you appreciate it. I'm going to keep practicing. <laughs> hey, that's okay. It's just a continual practice, right? <laughs> that's right. All right. So, so 
Back down to earth, dentistry can be a really isolating profession. And I know your parents are headed into town here to see you shortly. And I bet they're really supportive of of your journey as a dentist. What would you tell our listeners about having a circle of support and staying out of isolation? Oh, yeah. I mean, not just dentistry, just life in general. I mean, there's so many studies Amen. out there that, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're socially isolated, that's one of the worst things you can do for you. I mean, that's what COVID taught, taught a lot of people. Mental, you know, mental health and everything else was pushed to the side. And you just kind of saw what happens whenever you're not in some social outlet. But yeah, dentistry is tough. I mean, it's very, um, you're mainly just around your team, which if you have a bad team, that kind of sucks. If you have a good team, that's a good thing. But I think it's just at the end of the day, you're worn out. I mean, dentistry is tough from the standpoint that you're a lot of times putting a needle on somebody um, and that's not fun. And then it's just a lot of work throughout the day. You're talking all day long. And a lot of times you want to be alone, but that's usually not the best place to be all the time. So I think it's finding whatever that is as far as even a, a church group, a workout group, friends that you have around. And almost sometimes I have to force myself to get out and and be social after you've been social all day long, especially now that um, working from home's become a big thing. A lot of those want to get out and be social. You know, and the people that are working all day want to not be social. So you kind of, it's a tough balance, but it's something that you have to push yourself to do. Um, and just like working out, it's going to, it's going to make you a healthier person as well. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And I think that um, you uh, really hit it spot on in terms of like the mind will say, no, let's just hang out by ourselves. Like it's all good. And it's like, that is yeah. a trap, man. That's a trap. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. That's where I got to practice, right? I got to practice not paying attention to that mind because yep. there's something to be said for a little bit of alone time each day. But for the most part, we I think we're meant to be social creatures. Well, this has been just lovely. I like that we went the full arc, like from social media to, you know, being social. I didn't even intend for it to be that way, but it is genuinely always a pleasure to connect with you and to chitty chat with you, Seth. And uh, I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate it. You too. Thank you for listening to Marketing Mysteries Solved. If you found this episode enlightening, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. To hire Wendy to speak to your organization or to explore working together, get started now at bigbuzzinc.com. That's bigbuzzinc.com. We look forward to connecting with you.